What is up, coaches? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Powerlift. We don't just like Powerlift because of their awesome name. We also use Powerlift, Broken Arrow, and Ankeny to design both of our facilities. They not only have a good product, they also have a bunch of good dudes. They don't come off as those greasy bad car salesmen that you run into a lot of the time. Instead, you get to work with guys like former guest J.R. Conrad, guys that truly care about the game and your football team and want to help you build your strength program. Powerlift is a trusted program that is designed in the University of Oklahoma, University of Iowa, Baylor University, and Mater D High School's weight facility just in the last few years, along with many, many more. Let Powerlift take your unique needs and use them to design your state-of-the-art facility. From concept to completion, choose Powerlift. Powerful ideas, powerful results, made in the USA. Go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com. Again, for any of your weight facility needs, go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com and tell them Run the Power sent you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. It's got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium, any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. We use this at Broken Arrow. Uh, we've got the butt shot and the wide shot. It is crucial in games to be able to see that. I can tell, uh, did a team get into four and four eyes? Are they just really loose threes? Uh, is, it a, is it a tight shade or is he head up? Um, it works great for us. I can tell where they're slanting, when they're blitzing. Uh, you know, so many times you've had a kid come off the field and say they're getting uh, a guy blitzing in every gap, right? But here you can go back, you can look at it. We've got our OC up in the press box looking at the wide, me on the sideline looking at the tight, and, and we can actually hook these up to TVs on the sideline, show the kids. It works great. It's worked every time. Uh, I love being able to use it. Sky Coach, to be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Sky Coach, the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. Again, if you want a great sideline replay, go to myskycoach.com to learn more. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site football players, and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Chris Ward. Chris was the offensive line coach for the 2017 high school football national champions, the modern-day Monarchs in Santa Ana, California. Listen as we talk with Coach Ward about coaching very talented offensive linemen at Modern Day, playing college football at UCLA, and building and upholding the high standards of Modern Day football. You can follow Coach Ward on Twitter at ChrisWard6275. Hope you guys enjoy. Cool. So uh, we'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll get it going. Um, sure. Here with you, Coach. Uh, you know, why don't you kind of give our listeners a little bit of backstory? Um, you know, kind of how you rose through through the ranks and, and were coaching, and, and uh, you know, as a player probably, and then and then as a coach, and, and now kind of what you're doing today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, started at Modern Day. Uh, graduated in 2010. Uh, then went on to UCLA. Uh, played a couple of years and kind of uh, went downhill after I got hurt a couple of times and then uh, took a medical retirement. Didn't really know what I kind of wanted to do. Then one of my old coaches, O-line coach actually, hit me up after I graduated and was like, you know what, um, try and coach. Uh, modern day needs an O-line coach. And I was like, eh, never really thought about coaching, to be honest. Um, then I was like, you know what, I'll go, I'll go uh, say hi to Rollo, who's my uh, head coach at, at Modern Day, and said what up, and then he hooked me in from there, man. So uh, then I started coaching JV. Uh, that was my first year uh, three years ago. And then after that, after that first kind of get my feet wet in coaching year, I uh, started coaching varsity, and 
had a great two years, man. Coach, can you talk a little bit about Coach Rollo? I know obviously he's a, a legendary high school coach. Uh, he's, he's been there a long time, you know, won a, a ton of games. You know, what, what, were, what are some of the things kind of, you know, you learned from him or, you know, what, what were some of the things maybe he kind of said to you in the, the interview to recruit, recruit you? I'm just interested to find out a little bit more about Coach Rollo because obviously I've heard a lot about him from a distance, but, mm-hmm. you know, interested to hear it from a guy that's worked with him, that played for him, all, all those kind of things. Well, uh, if you ever kind of heard Rollo's voice, he's kind of a kind of motivator that can make you run through a wall and really not think about it. So uh, him kind of, all he really needed to say to me was he's always loved like his ex-players come back because it's just kind of, uh, we really pride ourselves at modern day about like this rich tradition that you really don't understand until you're a part of it, which is I'm sure is a lot of schools. I'm not saying we're any better. Uh, in that aspect, but it's just um, playing for him and then being able to kind of continue that posi- that uh, that tradition of kind of like, it's not like you're just pe- preaching to these kids this rich tradition, you actually lived it. So that I think that holds a little bit more ground um, and it kind of helps them buy in a little bit more and you can really tell uh, with the program because we have probably at least four ex-players on staff at all times. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's something that's extremely important, I think, as well. It's something that I, I came out, and uh, now I get to coach at my my high school as well, and, and there's something about, you know, the pride that, that comes along with that, and our head coach is, a, is an ex-guy from, from our high school, and so is our wide receivers coach right now, uh, as well as our, our linebackers coach. So, like you said, we, we've got four okay. as well. So, um, you know, and I think it's something that's important to our head coach, uh, Coach Alexander, to – to have guys that, that actually care about that high school and it means a little bit more to them than it just being a job. That's exactly right. And you can definitely tell in like the way they act with these kids and uh, they can always kind of give better insight into what they experienced in high school. And even though high school is way different than even when you and I were in high school, um, it's, it's easy to kind of get them to, buy into all the stuff that they're really doing because you lived it. You, you were there, man. Coach, you know, playing at UCLA, you said, and, and you had the injury. I mean, what was it like, you know, not, you know, be obviously you go to a, a place like UCLA, you had to be, you know, quite a high school football player. You're going into a big time program like that. And then all of a sudden kind of having football taken away from you. I mean, can you kind of go through your mindset? What were you thinking? I mean, what was it like having to kind of make that transition, you know, the adversity you had to face and, and, you know, maybe having to kind of sit there and say, you know what, I guess this isn't really going to work out the way I wanted it to, but, you know, ultimately I kind of got to pick myself up and get after it. I think our listeners love hearing those stories. Sure. Yeah. Um, Really, actually a really kind of funny story about that. Uh, When I was choosing between uh, Cal and UCLA were my top two at the time. Um, the final kind of factor that made me kind of choose UCLA over Cal was if I was, was to get hurt and never be able to play football again, where would I rather live? And lo and behold, that's exactly what ended up happening and, uh, retiring right, right before my junior year, um, living in LA. I mean, it's not too bad of a place. Um, probably like an hour from my house, and my mom. So uh, that was pretty, pretty kind of weird how it uh, how it works out like that. But yeah, as far as like injury wise, um, that was tough because I've kind of had injuries kind of like my whole career, just like a, a knee injury here and there, and it kind of added up over a while. And uh, so I fractured uh, my L5 in my back in high school, my junior year, and then it's actually what ultimately did me over a couple years later. And I refractured that same thing coming back from knee surgery. And the doc was like, yeah, if you want to kind of uh, walk when you're 50 and play with your kids, we kind of suggest toning it back a little bit. And that's all I really needed to hear. Sure. I'm, I'm sure that's a, a, it's a tough thing to hear. You know, you have a lot of guys go through injuries, but you, you get something like that and especially you start getting into the, to the back injuries. It's a, uh, it's a real deal. Like you said, to be able to walk and, and run around with your kids, it's, it's something that you don't think about as a young guy until something like that happens to you, I'm sure. Then it's kind of mm-hmm. at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Like you never really think about 
10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, you're like, man, I want to play ball now. Um, we're kind of, kind of, it's kind of ingrained in our head as a young player. Um, it's kind of get it all out of the way now. It's going to be worth it later. But then some, sometimes like stuff happens where you really need to think um, about these kind of lasting effects. Coach, kind of doing doing a little bit of research, not much, just kind of Googling you, obviously, before we before we um, started talking to you. I saw that uh, I think I think your first uh, I think your first start was at Houston. That was actually my first start as well. So uh, we no way. yeah awesome. we played against each other. That was my first start as well. And um, you know it was one of the it was probably my very first start was one of the biggest games we at Houston for us. You know one of the biggest games I was in those those four years. So um, it was nice. That was a to, great game. It was nice to beat UCLA. No one ever thought that would happen. And uh, <laughs> I, all I can remember is we're, you know, we're a little bit smaller. We're a, a smaller college, obviously. And and you look over across the field and look at the offensive line for UCLA, and you guys had like the Adidas jerseys that were tucked up underneath the the pads, and we were like, oh, uh-huh. smokes! Now that that's a college football team. And then uh, the yeah. next year we got to go to the Rose Bowl, and. Um, you know, I, I would I would never take something that wasn't mine. But um, you know, on the way back on the plane, somehow a uh, Rose Bowl sign ended up in my bag. So uh, <laughs> nice. I still have that. Not sure how that 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 worked out. You know, I, I don't want to be <laughs> prosecuted for that. But allegedly, a uh, Rose Bowl sign above one of the lockers ended up uh, now in my house. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, it, it was fun. And it mine was too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got one too. I got found one in my bag too. <laughs> yeah, our kicker always used to kind of take home some souvenirs uh, from every team we played because I roomed with. Uh, we had like four roommates, and one of them was our kicker. And um, as, as I'm sure you know, kind of like that uh, warm up period where all the kickers are kicking, he'd always take a ball from the other team. Um, and so in our in our uh, in our dorm room, he had like every single team's ball. Is like lined up on the wall, and I remember how excited he was uh, to get that Houston ball. He's from Texas, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we took something of yours as well. <laughs> That's great. Um, that was, you know, obviously in high school, I, I was a, a team that was really good, and, and we never got just killed by anybody. And then my first year, or my first year starting at Houston as a redshirt freshman, uh, we had a really good season. Uh, as well so my second season we go to play UCLA they were the first team that I've ever been in a game that I was like let's get this game over with we were kidding yeah (laughs) I mean we couldn't move the ball we were were air raid up tempo so so we were going three and out within you know 10 seconds off the clock and it was like god dang can we just get this game over with it it was yeah I'm sure you uh, met a key mayors a couple times though yeah, uh, I think that was I think that was uh, Anthony Barr's first uh, start as an outside linebacker because he started as like a, a running back or something, I believe. Uh, yeah, so uh, the first two years, so actually that first start he was playing running back for us. The year where you came back to the Rose Bowl, uh, he might have been um, at linebacker at that time. Yeah, I think that was his first year to play outside linebacker. Um, they were all pretty yeah. nervous because – I don't know how he got so much hype for being a big outside linebacker with it being his first year, but he had it. He was one of the few linebackers I remember them making a big deal about, and I was only a sophomore. So um, it was mm-hmm. cool going there. It was cool, like you said, being being in uh, L.A. and going through there. It was it was a cool experience for us. Um, mm-hmm. We it, was, it wasn't as fun during the game, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's Coach really cool Ford, who we had our first start together. Who uh who were some of the guys that you know you you faced playing at UCLA? Who are some of the guys that, that really you know stand out to you? Guys that that kind of gave you problems, and you're like, whoa, you know this this is a different type of beast. Uh man, Cassius Marsh, uh, who plays for the 49ers now, uh, kind of like at that pass rusher edge position. He just had like this wicked swim move, <laughs> and he's not like the biggest guy. He's just very average as far as like. You look at him, you know, my man, I got this guy. And then he's got this power and speed combo that you just – is really rare in a guy that size. And uh, I knew he had a bunch of hype in high school, so I was like, all right. So I, I never, like, took it easy on him or anything, but he just – yeah, he was another cat. And then um, another guy who actually was a scout team player 
for me all the time. And I, I kind of attribute his success in the NFL to what I was able to give him when he was on the scout team. Um, uh, Eric Kendricks, who plays uh, for the Vikings yeah. with Barr, yeah. uh, he's a, just a ball player. He's just like the guy that's always around the ball, very effortless in his movements and uh, going against him. On, like, I, we kept on saying, like, why does this get on the scout team? Why isn't he, like, starting for us? And then he goes and plays for the Vikings. Well, you guys had another interior defense lineman. I don't remember his name either, but he was – you know, there was Anthony Barr on the outside, and he wasn't even hardly talked about because uh-huh. you guys had another big time. I, I want to say it was a three technique, or maybe he was an end as well. But um, you guys had another big interior guy that ended up going somewhere in the NFL too. So, Do you know a, what year? Uh, it would have been – he'd have been a senior um, that year that we went to UCLA, I think, like 56. I, I can't remember. But um, you had another mm-hmm. big-time defensive lineman. Um, so – you guys, you know, I'm sure you got a lot better just from getting to go to practice every day. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the TV show Ballers. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys know Vernon? 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 Littlefield, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, he was probably the three-tech you were talking about. Maybe so. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> he, he was our three-tech and then graduated, uh, tried to go to NFL, and then got into acting and all of a sudden we we hear oh yeah i got an acting gig i was like oh that's cool like i was with the rock like what <laughs> you're, you're on you're on hbo <laughs> that, that's the kind yeah, of acting gig you like to name yeah that's it Car- would you say carter yep yeah, yeah donovan carter yeah that was yep. it <laughs> yeah he's he's another one of those guys with like that uh power speed combo that you just don't see very often well, Coach, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about some of the, the freaks that you went against when, when you played. You got to coach quite the offensive line this past year. Um, I, I follow you guys, you know, from afar. Uh, there'd be some – it's kind of cool because, you know, games get done here in the in the middle of the country, and then there'd be the high school games on, on the left coast a little bit later. So mm-hmm. we get to see some of, the, uh, some of the early games. I think we saw you guys play uh, Bishop Gorman, I want to say, was one of them. Yep. And then there was another game I saw earlier, but is it true? I think you guys had, was it four D1 offensive linemen this year? Uh, four D1 seniors. And then uh, my sophomore rookie right tackle, he's got a couple offers as well. Uh, Utah, uh, Washington, <laughs> so, UCLA. So as I say, so, uh, uh, it all, was quite four or five. Yeah. <laughs> All, all five are just dudes. And honestly, I mean, I, I yep. just sat there in awe, and I'm like, this is fun to watch. So, I mean, you know, you, you guys are, are smashing people. You know, they're, they're good pass protectors. I mean, what's it kind of like, you know, knowing that these guys have big-time offers, you know, and, and it's probably easy for kids in this day and age because of the social media, the blow-up. But, you know, what, what's uh-huh. it like to kind of have to, to take that crew of guys you know, have them maybe put their, their egos aside. Is it easy? Is it tough? Are there some things that you had to have to do? Or, you know, because they're offensive linemen, they, they kind of just have that naturally in them because they're unselfish guys. You know, what, what's that kind of like? Maybe kind of take us through, you know, the, your room there at Modern Day. Sure. Yeah, so uh, obviously being an O-line guy, um, not much ego to begin with with those guys for sure. Awesome. And, That's uh, cool to, to be honest, hear. really – before our the senior year, like their senior year, so before this past year, um, they really didn't – they weren't really too hyped up. Like, I think uh, my right guard, who ended up being a four-star All-American guy, was like three-star and only had like an offer here and there. And then my center, who's going to Boise State, um, he was like barely talked about. And then um, my left guard, like still isn't talked about today, but he had a fantastic year. Uh, the only guy that was really getting any hype was our left tackle, Tommy Brown. He's going to Alabama. And that's just because he's 6'7", not, not for his skill. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I saw, a couple, <laughs> I saw a couple pictures of you with your offensive lineman. I know you played at UCLA, and those guys made it look like you were the shortest guy on the basketball team. You had some monsters. I know, and everyone, all, all the, the college coaches are like, is this guy really 6'3"? I'm like, I mean, here's a picture. Like, they're right there with me. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, that was fun. But like, uh, like I said, the, the really easy going bunch of guys. And that's really, it's really great that I didn't have to like motivate them at all. They're like, they always had that underdog mentality. And it's not like they're like the top dogs and no one can kind of touch them. 
it's like they're going to prove to you that they're the top dog every week. So that's kind of like the mentality that I came with, and it showed. That's awesome. I've always kind of been curious about – not maybe not even curious, just I've found it interesting as I've been coaching for just a little bit, but um, seeing how if you take a young sophomore group maybe because, because they are good players, you know, they're starting as sophomores, and so you have to – um, you know, start out teaching them fairly basic that year. Then you get them the next year. Now they're you get three or four starters that are juniors. Now you get to uh, ramp that up a little bit, get a little next level. So then when you bring them back as seniors, you know, um, you're, you're kind of getting into some some next level, maybe even some college level stuff that you can start teaching mm-hmm. them and training them and give them a little bit of extra tools that normally you wouldn't be able to give your high school offensive line. Did did you notice being able to do that with having? four senior offensive linemen that were good that had been through your program for a while that now you get to start, um, you know, adding on to some of that stuff, make it maybe a little more fun as far as some of their cool things that they can do out out of different things. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I actually started doing that in mid junior year for them uh, because the year before was my first year on varsity. I'm sorry. Um, So my center, Koa uh, Gonzalez, um, my left tackle, Tommy Brown, and my right guard, Chris Murray, were the only uh, three that started as sophomores in that group. Um, so they were kind of rough around the edges, uh, to say the least, uh, when I kind of got them. So that that off season, that summer, was when I really, really brought it back to the basics and kind of gave them that whole uh, groundwork. And uh, to be honest, it wasn't until Hell Week where we kind of found that left guard, right tackle, kind of fixed and then I stole them both from defensive line believe it or not I was like hey we need we have a JT Daniels who's the best quarterback I've ever seen um <laughs> we need to we need to protect him we can always throw in some guy to fill the d-line but we need some like some dudes up front so uh, uh the right tackle so we had a whole junior offensive line that year um and we did really well I think we, we gave up 10 sacks on the year uh, playing 15 games uh, 14 and one. And so uh, after that, our, the right tackle switched back to defense because his brother uh, plays for Oregon and he's actually going to Oregon playing D line. So uh, I had to kind of find a new guy and uh, Miles uh, Moreau, he definitely uh, filled that up really well and um, kind of teaching him that, that baseline groundwork that you're talking about so early on uh, as juniors and even getting into that more advanced stuff that you're talking about and that you don't really learn until college. Uh, as juniors, like, uh, this is my job kind of ramped up a little bit to last year, and I wasn't able to be there as much as, like, I really, really wanted to. But they, being in kind of, like, uh, my system for a while, they were able to kind of teach all the youngins kind of how we do things, which right. I was really thankful for. And then, um, so this year was mainly just kind of touch up some of that uh, more advanced stuff and then get the rookie ramped up and uh and that's that <laughs> that's kind of the, that's the always the, been the cool thing to me is when you can see your guys you know you've worked with them since they were sophomores when they couldn't get in the stance now they're in, you know now they're juniors seniors going into be seniors and now you see them coaching up uh some of your freshmen that are now sophomores to where you've you know i've got guys that i've never worked with some of these freshmen because I just came up a, a month ago and I got, you know, a senior uh-huh. center teaching my freshman right tackle how to set, you know, and I, I haven't had to even talk to the guy yet. It, it's cool being yeah. able to see or, or hear same things you say from some of your linemen and, and see them take it uh, to heart and want to help these younger kids. And, you know, it's cool seeing that. Uh, I'm also kind of curious, what do you do? You know, you've got that, you know, four offensive linemen or, or five, you know, that, that are going to go division one. What do you what did you guys do to um, help and stay on track to help out your younger kids that weren't starting? Because you know you got guys that are that good. I would assume it's really easy to get involved in that and want to continue working with the guys that are really good. But then knowing that the future's coming up here in a few years, that you'll have to work with those guys. How did you guys manage mm-hmm. working with some of those other kids as well uh, during the season? Because that's always difficult for yeah, us because well, we have a, a, a lot of kids. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I differentiate kind of myself from a lot of uh, coaches that I've had in the past. Like I rarely, you know, like get up to the line that like five, five, uh, five lines and then like 15 deep or whatever, how many kids you have um, and just kind of run through stuff that way. I'm like a huge believer in um, really like paired up kind of stuff. So 
I'd say 90% of everything we did in our endos were paired up. So one on like uh, everyone would kind of go half line, half line, line, and uh, we'd pair up and we'd really work on the hows and the whys rather than just kind of doing pods and like, Hey, here's a, here's a deuce block. Let's just deuce block 10 times. And hopefully you kind of understand what to do. Uh, we just one-on-one, this is what you do on this play. This is what you're looking for. This is your aiming point. Like really breaking down each and every single block that they'd have to do and kind of just letting them know kind of what plays um, go with each kind of block. So that way it kind of takes away that whole, I'm only working with the seniors. Uh, so they'll, they'll go. Then I'll step back to the next line and those four guys will go at the same uh, same exact kind of thing. So I'm not really focusing on the seniors. Everyone's really doing the same amount of things and getting the same amount of time kind of with me. Um, so that's kind of how we kind of got away from um, just focusing on those guys that are the dudes this year and really kind of building up that uh, the next group that's coming in. And you'll you'll see that this next year that this group coming in is there's going to be very little drop off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, I mean they they reload there. Uh, you know, coach does a great job. He's always going to have cats. Um, you know, how how nice is it to have? I'm guessing with your with your quarterback as well. Um, you could probably put a lot on on Daniel's plate uh, as far as you know play calling, checking in and out of plays, uh, running RPOs, things like that. You know, how how nice is that? You know, and I'm sure you played with some guys at UCLA that were the, the same way. You know, how nice is it to play with a QB that, you know, can get you in and out of uh, bad looks and, and make you guys look good? You know, what was it like having a guy? I mean, obviously the consensus number one player in, in the country, JT Daniels. It was incredible because uh, I, played, I played with Matt Barkley at Modern Day. Yeah. He was obviously one, one of the great USC quarterbacks. And, you, and JT Daniels is on another level. Like, it's not even yeah. close. I mean, I love Matt. If he hears this, I love you, Matt. <laughs> but he's on another level. He's a future number one draft pick. Like, I have no kind of hesitation saying that because of how – because, like, uh, as a sophomore, he probably called 90% of the offense. Like, our yeah. uh, OC would be like, hey, whatever you want to want to run, you, you call it. He looks <laughs> at the defense, and they can never be right because, I mean, we have dudes all over the place. We got the line that can give them time. We could run the ball, we could pass, but I mean, he's a little selfish, so he wants to get those chunk yardage because he knew he had those uh, wide receivers. Um, so he, we, we threw a little bit too much that first year. So this last year, uh, all the all of our runs were pretty much pre-called by our offense coordinator, just because we know if you gave him the opportunity to call his own play, ninety-five percent is going to be a pass. Uh, like another example of that, like our team run periods so since we. We could tag an RPO pretty much on any one of our plays. Um, our team run period would take probably 15 extra minutes because JT would throw half the time. And <laughs> our OC comes over like, hey, this is team run, man. It doesn't matter what the look is. Let's run the ball. And uh, so, the, so the offensive line guys are like, oh, JT, just run because then we have to run this play over again. And now our eight-play period becomes 18. Uh, so – uh, it, it's definitely a blessing, kind of like as uh, as I always told my guys, like, hey, ninety five percent of the throws that JT makes, um, you're always you're already running down the field when he throws it because you just know it's going to be a dime, and we're probably going to complete it. And I said, like, you guys don't even know how lucky you are because half the time when I played, you'd look down the field and then you'd be like, oh yes, oh man, dropped it or bad throw. So I like <laughs> they were so lucky because they can always kind of assume that it was going to be a either a big play or a positive play. Um, and it made them look good, too, because they were never in a bad look. Like you said, um, if something's coming from one side, we're going to go the other, or we're going to run something right into it to kind of uh, take advantage of that. And um, that's definitely something that really set us apart from other teams, just having that guy like that back there. But, I mean, it kind of helps having a guy like that back there when you're surrounding that that guy with a bunch of dudes, too. So. As I say, there's no, there's no lack of uh, targets either. I think I just saw one of your guys as junior receivers, which is ranked a, a five star guy by by rivals as well. So you know, you know, be able to throw to guys that you have to double makes things a lot easier. Coach, you'd said that yeah. your, your guys your guys number one play run play was was your your one back power. You know, why why uh-huh. do you think that is? Is that is that something that's kind of your specialty? 
you know, what are, what are maybe some coaching points you have on that? Because honestly, I mean, and I think Coach Harper would probably say it too. Well, Coach Harper might say strong power, but but for me, you know, yeah. weak weak power or single back power is probably my favorite play in all of football. So uh, that kind of that kind of yeah. struck me. I'm like, yeah, man, I love this play. I'll, I'll let you talk about it a little bit. Sure. I mean, uh, uh, I don't really have too much like offensive coordinator experience or like a bunch of plays or anything. So kind of my first real, I mean, besides like UCLA, because we were in the pistol, um, but we ran like strictly spread my first year at modern day, uh, just spread only because we didn't have like a tight end guy that could really um, either block or, or just kind of fit in there. Yeah. So we kind of lived by that one back power. Um, so, cause they like, really can't be wrong. We have, four wide receivers out there that can probably win on every play. So they'd kind of be in coverage. So then we get a five-man box and nothing better than a five-man box to run the ball. Um, yes, and please. We, and we had the guys to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And uh, say they kind of cheated a, a fifth or a sixth guy in there, JT's throwing it. We're getting 10 yards on a, a bubble pass. And so uh, I, I think it, and kind of our guys really kind of like that uh, – it's almost like a check mark pull, especially because we got a lot of three down uh, looks this year yep. or the, the first year because uh, they just go drop eight pretty much all the time. Um, so just getting that, that, that one double team, one one-on-one block, one hinge, and one guy pulling. I think our specialty uh, was our our, uh, our right guard pulling. Chris Murray who's going to UCLA. I had no, uh, no connection there, so don't say I uh, persuaded <laughs> him to go to UCLA. Um, (laughs) but yeah, he, he loved to pull and he would really kind of make people pay in the hole. And, uh, something that we would run a lot of like play action stuff on because, uh, they kind of go a drop eight look and then they kind of, uh, our tendency was to go with single back power, like a lot. So they cheat that six guy in and JT would pull it, throw it. You really can't be right with a guy like JT, even, even, even with, uh, our running attack was pretty decent as well do you ever have guys like competing i mean i, I was like when you, you call a lot of power so for like one year i was at jenks and i, and I kept telling our right guard i'm like hey you have to get a little bit more athletic because so i'll start calling power to the left so we can let you pull <laughs> i'm saying right right now my, my left my left guard's kind of my puller so we, we had a pretty heavy tendency to run power say to the right side do you guys have a little uh, bit of competition kind of going back and forth between those guards like dude i'm the puller no no i'm the puller uh, not necessarily, because uh, my left guard was really like the the small. He's probably two forty all year. He's probably gonna hate that I told you guys this, but <laughs> he's very undersized, like six two two forty tops, and so he's more kind of like that scrappy kind of get it done kind of guy. Like he's not gonna pull in the hole and just like punish you, but he was very like scrappy as far as like his head placement and hand placement is always gonna be perfect. Uh, like everything he made up with everything. Uh, with his technique that kind of lacked uh, from the size, but he, he wasn't really too much of a puller. Um, he kind of liked double teaming with, uh, with my center a lot. So they're, they're, they all get along really well, which is, which is crazy to see. Cause it's definitely a different, I'm, I'm sure you, you see it um, coaching right now. Uh, it's just a different, the kids are way different nowadays. <laughs> like uh, they're yeah. fighting one second and you think something's wrong. Like, whoa, do I need to step in here and kind of break this up? And then they're, like, joking the next second. It's like, whoa, this never happened uh, eight years ago, kind of when we were in high school. It's like, this is just different. So uh, they do have that kind of uh, friendly competition. But it was never really about who was pulling because, to be honest, we really didn't run the ball too much. <laughs> Dang it. I was going to ask both of you guys. You, so you guys both, would you guys rather pull or would you guys rather double team? I don't think I ever asked you that question, Harper. I would, hmm. I'd, I'd rather pull. It was more fun for me to get to pull. Now we didn't do it very often until my senior year. In my senior year, we got a guy that um, came from Minnesota, as I've said, who had, uh, when they had Barber and, and they were a big pin and pull team. So he kind of brought pin and pull to Houston. So I actually got to pull then. But other than that, we didn't really get to pull, um, you know, and so our lack of, of double teams, um, I wasn't a big, wasn't as much of a fan of that as I was pulling. So I, I like to pull a little bit more. What about you, yeah, Coach Ward? I, I, I like to kind of open up the hole for the puller because <laughs> there's nothing worse than pulling into a hole that's not there. <laughs> sure. So I'd always kind of want to want to put it on my 
on my plate to make that job uh, kind of worthwhile. And then uh, obviously I had a bad experience pulling uh, sophomore year against uh, Oregon State. And oh, there you go. pulled around. And, they, you know, they have like those like those kind of small but stocky linebackers, um, <laughs> like the, the small guy. He just hid behind everybody. And I was probably a little bit higher than I should have been. Uh, pulled around and he just put his helmet in my sternum and lifted me up. Like I was probably, I got off the ground a little bit and uh, we probably replayed that in the film room a oh, hundred times. I was about to say that's the worst part <laughs> is, uh, is the next day and the coach and everybody else is making fun of you for it. Harper, you ever had one of those? Worst? Oh, I had a bad one. Uh, I had a bad one against Tulsa. Now I, I wish I could say <laughs> yes. I wish I could say it was against Oregon State or someone uh, maybe a little bit bigger, but it was against Tulsa my freshman year, and it was a pass set. And uh, it was the guy, I think Walls, that he ended up going to the, he ended up going to the NFL, you know, somewhere uh, yeah, late. It's, Ty- it's, it's Tyron Walker. He's actually out there in, in Coach Ward's neck of the woods. He's playing for the Rams. Yeah, so uh, okay. I, I was pass setting against him, and, and uh, he just he's ran me completely over. So, um it wasn't anything cool about it. I don't even have a cool story about it. He ran me over. Everyone made fun of me for it. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the end of the story. So, no, it wasn't much fun. And it's always, like, the worst, like, right when it happens. <laughs> like, you're not thinking about the next play. No. You're not thinking about – all you're thinking about is, like, man, I have to watch that tomorrow, and everyone's going to make fun of me, and we're going to replay that, <laughs> and everyone's going to think I'm the worst, and – <laughs> that's funny i had that but it's one always that right got, when it happens. that's right that got rewound a lot and then there was another one where i went to go cut a guy um but but he pulled up or something it was a it was a pass cut and i went to go cut and then he pulled up and so then i kind of tried to stop then i just ended up falling on my on my face so <laughs> it was embarrassing as well and that got played a lot so um Unfortunately, I've had a couple of those walls, which which aren't much fun. Like you said, uh, Coach, uh, that's that's the very first thing that comes to mind is, Jesus, this is going to be a long day tomorrow. <laughs> <It's> the worst. <laughs> yep. I hope we win. Like you don't even care about the next play. Yeah, you don't even care about the next play. You're just like, dang, that's going to be worse. Do you, do you guys like go? Do you go back in the huddle and kind of tell the guys like, "Oh man, you guys aren't going to believe what that looks like," because usually exactly the other right. the other exactly linemen right. don't see it, you know, because they're blocking somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dudes, I, you you guys are going to love that one on film tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and so you always get stoked on those plays rather than like, "Oh yeah, I dominated the guy, I got a pancake." Like that, no one cares about that. Like if you got blown up, all the other linemen <laughs> got really excited because they get to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's always it's always the best to meet the guys. Yeah. You know, you know, they're supposed to do their job. They're supposed to do well. But when they do bad, then you can kind of get on them. Coach, you said uh, you, you, we'd sent out a questionnaire to a lot of our guys, and you said that if there's one coach that you could sit down and talk to for an hour, you, you said it was uh, Herb Hand. And uh, honestly, yeah. we, we, we have a, a relationship with Herb. Herb uh, used to coach at Tulsa. Uh, his son actually went to to Jenks for a little while, so we've kind of known Herb for a while. I was I was kind of interested to hear, you know, your your impressions of Coach Ann. I assume he probably came through and was recruiting some guys. Actually, I haven't never really met him or uh, talked to him at all. But uh, I always see him because like I'm pretty like I just kind of started getting involved in the Hog Football Chat. That's kind of how I kind of met you guys yeah. um, on Mondays, and I always see him kind of going in there and offering his two cents or. Um, kind of commenting on other people's things. And you just don't see uh, kind of like a guy like that that has the kind of a legendary status almost uh, kind of take his time to kind of help out. Like, not that we're nobodies, but to him, we probably are. Uh, to like a normal guy like him, we probably are. So any other like college coach that probably think like, oh, the high school coaches, yeah, whatever. But he like takes the time to go on Twitter and kind of, uh, share his experiences or what he likes to do, which I thought's really cool. And he always comments on stuff. And so I, I always kind of admired him for that. Like he's never like too big to kind of help out the little guys. Yeah. All the guys that we, we've had a couple of guys on that actually, you know, played for him. Uh, Clint Anderson played for him. He said the same thing. You know, he, he'd do anything for coach hand. He thought he was uh, just a really genuine, really nice guy. So I know, I know he still does a good job. You know, Clint, Clint's big into some of his, his O-line academy stuff that he runs, and, and Herb helps him out a ton with that. So 
you'd absolutely be right on on what you're saying about old Coach Hand. Well, and that's the awesome. thing that we could hear. That's the thing we found out the most from from doing this podcast is is we you know you kind of figure out who for the most part what kind of part of football the uh, the guys think really highly of themselves. So um, we've interviewed mm-hmm. high school coaches that they, they'd love to do it, no problem. You you ask former NFL Super Bowl players, love it. They want to do it. They want to talk football. Um, you know, I know the college coaches are busy, but there's a lot of them out there that um, you know think of them. I, I don't know what they think of themselves, and I don't want to say anything negative because I do know they're really busy. But there's a lot of them out there that, that like you said, think they're you know quite a bit above just a, a, an actual normal high school coach. Where, um, as you said, Coach Han gets on Twitter. He talks to coaches. He puts out videos. Um, I, I've read his story about um, you know I, I think it was a brain injury that he that he had and suffered. And so um, it is cool to see a guy that that's extremely humble and and uh, also wants to help out the game, even being a, a big-time yeah. college coach. Yep, yep. And to kind of go along with that, um, not to name any teams out, but uh, there was a team in the Trinity League that, that played against us that got a, a bunch of college coaches uh, on their staff, and they kind of came in thinking they were going to run everything just because <laughs> they're the college coaches on campus. What can all these high school coaches do against us? We're We're hot stuff, and – there's, we're going to do some college things that they're not even going to be ready for. And let's just say Rollo said, let's hang half a hundred on them in halftime. And we did. So <laughs> now I, I love stories like that because there's a lot of people on the outside looking in and they're like, Oh, you know, these guys ran up the store score. I'm like, there's always a story behind why the score uh-huh. gets run up. I mean, almost always, you know, sometimes it could just be that, yeah, the other coach is an a-hole. But most of the time it's not. There's some sort of backstory. You know, they've either been talking mess in the paper or, you know, they've uh-huh. said something to someone else. I mean, college coaches, or I should say high school coaches, especially, you know, the ones I knew in Oklahoma, the ones you know up here, I mean, you hear about things immediately. It is, it is like literally, you know, a group of, of women. I mean, you, uh-huh. you, hear the, you hear the stories, you hear the gossip, you hear the backstories. So to me, that's just awesome, you know, to hear – yeah, Rallo said, let's hang half a hundy on him. Yeah, let's do it. We're going <laughs> to. I love it. At halftime, and we did. But, uh, like, a lot of our scores are pretty lopsided the last couple of years. Um, but to be honest, we pulled our starters. If it kind of got out of hand, we pulled them at halftime. So all the scores you see were pretty much halftime scores, besides, like, the big games like Gorman and Bosco, obviously, and uh, some other teams. But, um, like, we, 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 like, tried to tone our guys back a lot so it's not like we except for that one team we kind of wanted to kind of <laughs> run out run out the clock on them <laughs> well it's been it, it's kind of a, a tough uh, situation we were talking to a, a high school coach that they were undefeated the whole year and they were up whatever three touchdowns in the playoffs and it was I don't know late in the game and they ended up pulling their guys and and uh or they didn't pull their guys even. They just they were an up-tempo team, and they started slowing it down mm-hmm. uh, to kind of just get the game over with and, and not run up the score. And they ended up – that was the only loss they had. It was the only time I think they trailed the entire year, wow. um, you know, late in the game. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough line to, to, to tow, especially if you're trying to win games. That's for sure. That was always our uh, offensive coordinator's, like, biggest fear is pulling us out too early and then letting our, uh, the other team in the game. Our defensive coordinator wasn't as forgiving. He'd always leave the starters in way longer than he should, uh, just because they, if they, if they shut him out, if they shut the other team out, they have a steak dinner yeah. uh, next Thursday. So the, all, all the all the all the starters didn't want to come out because they didn't want to risk living uh, living that Thursday without a steak. You know, <laughs> that's awesome because honestly, it, the yeah. the maddest I've seen some coaches get is when you put the twos in and then you either can't you can't move the ball or you yep. can't stop them so I mean the head coach is like oh can we can we get a stop or can we move the ball I'm like coach you yeah. told me to take every offensive lineman out we've got sla- slappy <laughs> exactly G- right we got slappy Jimmy over there you got you got you know <laughs> se- senior senior mom who's been calling you three times a week you told me to play him so I mean yeah it, it's it's one of those things, but I mean, I've never seen coaches get so angry. And it's like, coach, we're up by forty two. Just relax, man. It's yeah, gonna be okay. Exactly. You know? 
<laughs> like you wouldn't believe how many times I had that conversation with our offense coordinator this year. Uh, it was like the second second round of the playoffs against Mission Viejo, and obviously there's a little bad blood there between us two. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys rivals. know, but they're they're a pretty good rival. Yeah. Um, so we were up a lot at halftime, and uh, fourth quarter comes around, we pull our guys and put put uh, some other guys in who probably haven't seen the field too much. Actually, they got a lot of playing time because we pulled our guys out at halftime a lot. Yeah. Um, but they don't really know like the 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 big plays or just like the the long ten second calls, you know, like action, this 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 check this all that. That's pretty much just kind of goes right through their ears. And our office coordinator calls this play that we just installed that week, and it's pretty complex as far as how to block it. And he we 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 run it and we throw a pick six. <laughs> And it was like a run play. Like he, it was like a miscommunication and he pulled it and he tried to throw it to somebody and we threw a pick six. And he's like, Who, who's in there, man? I'm like, you told me to, to, to take everyone out and put everyone else in. Like, you, you told me this. So, yeah. So, I totally get where you're coming from there. Oh, it, yeah, I've, I've gotten so many times. It's just like you said, then all of a sudden, because you, you're like, well, I guess maybe we can't, you know, move the ball. So, they don't want to call like a regular play. You know, hey, coach, just call uh, one back power. No. No, no, no. They'll, yeah. they'll be expecting that to come. We got the twos in there. <laughs> so then it's like you said, they call, they call some, you know, naked or something crazy. And you're like, what the hell? They don't even know what it is. So, you know, I'm on the sideline yelling, just block out, just block to the left. You know, you have to yell, tell every guy yeah, what to do, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, it, and he's like, how come that didn't work? I'm like, really? Do you want me to tell you right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those kids weren't even on the scout team, coach. Like, that's right yeah, yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm amazed they knew how to line up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah gotta love those guys though they're real backbone of the team in a lot of cases no doubt i always thought it was the best like when one of those guys scored or something like that you know and the the team oh, just yeah. goes nuts you know one of one oh, of those like guys big play big block yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said, those guys, they're the glue. It, it gets the team contagious. I mean, they the other guys just love it when those guys go make a play. Exactly right. And the only time I really saw Rallo pretty heated about, like, other teams, because we pull our starters, and then we'd put the twos and the threes and the fours in, and we'd pretty much just be running the ball all the time. And they do these run blitzes. And it's like, well, do you want us to aerate it? We can put JT back in there and hang 50 more points on the board. Or you can just kind of play base. We're probably not going to score on you anyway. Just kind of don't be throwing run blitzes at our guys. Because there's a couple of times where we got like Payad because of teams yeah. doing that to us. That's right. That's always the that's always the big balance, right? You know, you're trying to be yeah. nice to them, help them out, and then uh, then the team wants to get real frisky and start uh, bringing everybody. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, some little Jimmy almost gets concussed, and <laughs> then you have to talk to the parent, and then yeah, all that good stuff. Dude, that 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 one too. That Coach Trimble would get would get really angry on that one. So I mean, that would be, the, you know, the twos would be in. They they light us up with a, a cross blitz inside or something like that. So the next next time they'd come out, he he's got starters on the field, and he's just bringing yeah. ga, gas off the edge. We you know hit their quarterback in the jugular, and he's like, let's see if he blitzes again. They didn't blitz anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Well, uh, coach, you know, kind of winding it down, um, uh, something I, I ask every coach that, that we have on. So, uh, you know, you, you've watched a lot of film, you've you played college football, and, and then also uh, been a coach, obviously, for a high school, uh, in high school. And so you've watched a ton of film. So uh, when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's something they do that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Um, definitely like uh, advanced technique that's consistent because uh, you can always start the four, first quarter off pretty uh, uh, pretty pretty well like everyone looks pretty fresh all the technique that you teach is is out there and it's uh, being done correctly but it's when you get into like the second and third quarter that you can tell whether they really really work on all that stuff um, if they're still consistent I felt like uh, that's what I was kind of prided myself on. Like, like my guys, pretty well, when they did play in the third and fourth quarter, um, they were pretty consistent with their with their stuff. And I really kind of uh, uh, really like kind of seeing that with other teams because you just know that that coach 
puts in a lot of time into that stuff and not just kind of like an X's and O's. This is uh, how you run the play, run the play. Kind of the hows and the whys. And you can really, um, really appreciate that as, as a guy that really appreciates um, just kind of like the finer tuned uh, techniques in the offensive line play because it's really, really a big skill position. Uh, people just think we're uh, the big uglies and just kind of hit, hit heads. But there's really a lot that goes into it. And uh, you don't really know that until you've either been there or you've kind of done a lot of uh, um, research into it that uh, kind of really opens your eyes. Because a lot of the like the stuff I learned, I didn't learn until after I stopped playing. So then I like watch film on myself. I'm like, wow, that was terrible. Like, <laughs> how did I play? How did I go to UCLA? And then um, so I didn't want that to be shown on films for my guys. So uh, I really kind of appreciate watching other teams that could consistently put out like great technique um, out there. So that that's my big thing. Well, it's crazy you talk about that. The the learning curve it seems like there's been since uh, since we graduated college. Even you know in these last few years, it's, it seemed to have been an explosion of of technique. Really, I mean there was obviously right? there's always there's always been technique, but. Um, it, it seems like in these past four or five years, it's been like a, uh, a renaissance of sorts of, of offensive line technique out there. Incredibly, right? Like I was yeah. never told to be square. I was never told to keep my elbows in. I was never told anything about my stance. So you can see my stance in college, and I look like I'm taking up two spots on the offensive line because my feet were so <laughs> wide. And, like, there was no, like – because uh, Twitter wasn't really big then. So there's really no kind of like that learning. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then, so like right when I started coaching, I, I hopped on the Twitter bandwagon and started kind of looking at stuff. And then something would pop up in the timeline. Like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, that looks cool. Oh, wow. I never even thought of that. And then just kind of steamrolled from there. And then it's kind of evolved in this whole community of coaches that really kind of gets you excited about uh, where offensive line play is going. I, I I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, being a GA at Tulsa, obviously hadn't had much to do with the offensive line at that point. So I was kind of going in as a blank slate. I wanted to learn as much as I could. And it amazed me because, you know, we had a ton of, of big-time films. So you had Texas, you had Georgia, you had Boise State, you had Oregon. It, and it amazed me to be able to sit there and watch it with our O-line coach. And he's like, Walls, he's like, I can't believe how poor – these guys' fundamentals are. So I was lucky to work for a guy like yeah. Denver because that was kind of kind of rule one for him. We're going to have good stances. We're going we're to take the correct steps. We're going to teach you how to mm -hmm. use your hands. And it was a, a great learning environment for me because I got to see poor line play and, and kind of lazy line play and then all of a sudden be able to come back uh -huh. and kind of learn how to do it. So I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Man. And I'm one of the people that probably offended that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably watch me play. I'm like, dang, how come that kid, four star, going to UCLA? And and uh, even though you guys are really good for those those years, and it's just like, it's what? just something that you just—it's really incredible to kind of look back on. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe like like Texas. I mean, Texas was the one that just blew my mind. I mean, you're you're able to select yeah. select guys at Texas that you want, and uh -huh. they just have these huge sleeve stacks, these freaks. And it's like, God, help these guys out, man. I mean, it, it was it was just – it was literally sad to watch. I felt bad for those guys because they could be, you know, so much better. And it's like you said, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they were teaching back then, but Harper said it, you know, it's kind of been a renaissance of, of technique and maybe, you know, really, really mm -hmm. honing in on your craft. Yeah, yeah especially with all, like, uh, the O-line specialties. Like, I never went to any camps when I was right. in high school. Like, camps camp – Camps were for the skill guys, and I was just kind of starting out. Like, the offensive line, like, we barely did one-on-one. -on -one. And then now there's this whole offensive line training. And, of course, you guys know OLP and yeah. all this, like, specialty stuff that if I was a player and I kind of had more of this kind of um, resource to kind of get to, that who, who knows what we could have done, man. We could, we, could be, we could be playing right now in the NFL. That's that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of something that's that's, leaked the, in. that's the reason. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of something that's leaked into the college game as I was getting out. There's a lot of college a lot of college guys in the off season going to these personal trainers, which you know I'd, yeah. I'd heard of, of high school guys doing it, but um, when I was in college, and then you know looking back at uh, 
Ed Oliver still at Houston right now. You know, I know all offseason he's going to personal trainers. So it's kind of leaked into the college level, uh, just like at the pro level where those guys are going to train somewhere in the offseason. So are a lot of these uh, college kids, especially if you're in a big city, I would assume like like uh, L.A. Or, or Houston or one of these mm-hmm. big uh, uh, cities. Yeah, that's like some like even just like videos of those places, like not even necessarily going and getting yeah. that training, but seeing it being taught and seeing it being done and just kind of being, that's probably the biggest eye opener I had as a coach. Just like, wow, this stuff is out there now. I'm not going to stick to my ways. I'm going to start to incorporate little things from this guy, little things from this guy, little things from this guy, kind of, and kind of putting my own twist on it. I think that's really kind of turned me into uh, the coach I am today and kind of being um, kind of enabling me to kind of, get these guys um, hopefully to be better and have a longer career than I did. That was my main goal for these guys. Who would you say, Coach, then would, would maybe be kind of the your, your biggest mentor as far as, you know, the things that you have maybe picked up online or stuff that you have studied? Who, who's kind of been one of your biggest influencers? Man, I, can, I don't think I can pinpoint one guy because I've probably taken a little bit of everything from everyone I've seen. Um, gotcha. Like, obviously, um, the Charles Bentley revolutionized it and kind of a lot of guys kind of put their own twist on kind of what he does. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'd say he's like the one of the, the founders and then everyone kind of uh, kind of broke off from there and kind of incorporated a little little things that he does. Um, and I'm probably taking a little bit from all every one of those guys. Sure. Uh, now, kind of knowing what you what you know now, and being a little bit older, and and looking back at your career uh, before the injury, and and knowing that you know a couple injuries ended your career, do you think there's anything you could have done to to maybe help have a longer career and, and stay away from those injuries, or were they freak accidents that that just ha- just in your uh, in the cards for you? I mean, definitely looking back um, with everything that I do know now. Because uh, I like after I got all those injuries and stuff, I probably spent like a year and a half in P in uh, physical therapy. Um, so I kind of really got interested in that. So looking back on that, I wish I would have been way more diligent, kind of taking care of your body and kind of being in the correct shape to kind of do all the things that are demanded of offensive lines. Um, and even just kind of things that you don't really think about as a player, but once you start coaching those guys and like little things like putting extra work in the film room, um, how much like that really does matter. Um, Cause that's one thing that I, I never really got like too stressed. Like, ever, like uh, I wouldn't say it's like a bad environment or anything, but it was kind of pretty lax. Like you went, you went during football hours, you went and did your stuff and then you went and played video games for a couple hours and then you went to bed, school, all that good stuff. There's really no like, there wasn't like a lot of culture, like putting in a lot of the extra work that every single high school has nowadays. Like, I don't know uh, how it is at your place, but all these kids are just bred differently. Right. Um, they're wanting to do the extra stuff. Like in high school, like I went to practice and I was on call of duty for five hours. After. <laughs> like they're, they're like wanting to go watch extra film. They're coming up to me, um, just wanting to do that extra stuff that really set them apart. And that's something that I really wish that uh, I was kind of able to be, I don't know, bred into or uh, kind of more like understood more uh, back in the day. Like uh, I just didn't really grasp that concept that all the extra work that you put in uh, really pays off and then taking care of your body, all that good stuff. Um, so I'd say that's probably the main thing looking back that I wish I uh, could have been a little bit more diligent in and uh, understood definitely. I'm glad you bring that up because there's so many guys, you know, especially anyone that's ever played football before that likes to look at at the younger generation and say that they're lazy and they're not tough and all this. But I've seen the exact same things from, from, you know, the upper echelons of guys that, you know, they want to get better and and, uh, they want to have extra trainers on top of training with the school and they want to watch more film Uh and they're eating up all this stuff on YouTube, on Twitter, all this stuff. Um, I'm glad you bring that up because I've seen that same thing too. And it's, uh, the upper level kids, they, they really are. They're all about it and, and they want to, to be good at football. Yeah, and that's really going to change the game. Um, 
And, like, uh, of course, like, if you've heard people say offensive line play, in the NFL right now isn't kind of at the level it should be. But I really think this kind of next kind of wave is really going to kind of take all that out because I think – I really think, like, this is, like, the generation that's really going to kind of put football, not only offensive line play, but football into that kind of next tier of just, like, sheer athleticism and uh, optimize not only just like being a freak athlete but like optimizing um, their body into being able to do all these things that is demanded of them as a football player uh, coach I like what you what you said you know for the last four or five minutes because I, I think there's guys out there that need to hear it you know modern day high school was number one in the country a lot of people were saying it was one of the best high school football teams that they'd ever seen I know the, a lot of the articles mm-hmm. I read out in, in California, and I'm not just blowing smoke, but it's good to hear you say it's not just because we were uber talented. You know, these, yeah. kid, these kids wanted to really, really work. These kids wanted mm-hmm. to be really, really good. These kids wanted to be pushed really, really hard. And that's one of the things Coach yeah. Carper and I have talked a lot about on this podcast. Great players want to be coached hard. And there's a reason that yep. those kids are great. It's not because – you know, okay, granted, yeah, they, they, they won the, the genetic lottery, some of those guys. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they've done a ton of work to, to develop that craft and become masters of their craft. So I'm, I'm glad you said that, man, because I think a lot of people out there have this, this misconceived notion of, oh, yeah, they just get all the best players. Bull crap. They're developing the best players, yeah. and they're coaching these really good players very, very hard. And I respect you guys mm-hmm. a ton for that. Thank you. appreciate that. really appreciate that. Well, coach, I've heard that same thing. <laughs> I'm sure. I was yeah. about to say. I'm sure you've heard that um, a bunch. I, and everyone's want, wants an excuse why someone else is winning and they're not. And I'm sure that's the the number one thing that you hear. And um, Walls was at a at a perennial power in, in for Oklahoma at Jinx. You know, Jinx and Union had won up until last year. Uh-huh. The one, but Jinx or Union had won the last 20 years in 6A. You know, the, the top top division. So. He was there, and that is kind of the same thing always said about them. Well, they got the best players, you know, and so uh, anyone wants to, to knock down the guys that are doing well, but uh, obviously you guys are doing something well out there, and, and uh, I'm sure that you do hear a lot of the, the negative, oh, they just got the best players, but there's really good players all around the country. Yeah, yeah exactly right. It's pretty refreshing hearing, hearing from uh, someone else because uh, even like going to UCLA and everyone – uh, everyone's heard of Modern Day, and especially at UCLA being so close. And I was like, oh, the Modern Day guy here. So, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so I had that big target on my back, which I'm sure all my kids had, like going to the All-Star Games, because uh, uh, two of them were, were in a lot of the All-Star Games, and they had a big target on their back, and they definitely uh, held their own and kind of kind of proved what we just kind of talked about. Like, not not, not only is he just the best player, but – they also put in the work that really shows. That's why, like, you can always go turn on high school film and see an offensive line guy maul guys because they're bigger and maybe stronger. That's kind of where I fit in the mold. But these guys are just kind of like another level of technicality and um, just, like, knowing what's going to happen before it happens and stuff that really kind of uh, is beyond that being an athletic freak um, that, really, that really shows. Right, and it allows you to it allows you to play faster, which makes you a better player. You know, if you know what's, yep. what's going to happen, and you can and you can do that stuff. Uh, some of the little techniques that, without thinking about it, that it allows you to play quicker. And um, you're exactly right. Uh, last thing, Walls, I was going to say the the only chance we had we get we got to beat UCLA that first year, that freshman year, and and uh, <laughs> had a little gamesmanship behind it. We we brought them into Houston in in uh, September at noon, trying to trying to uh, heat them up a little bit. So, we, other than having Case Keenum, uh, we, we like to think that kind of helped us out a little bit too. Yeah, that was, a, that was an eye-opener for sure. It was, it was a hot one. It was actually kind of a cool day, but um, a lot of guys, they're not used to that, that heat when they get down. So, we tried to schedule uh, UCLA at noon. And uh, uh, it's just funny, some of the gamesmanship that goes into some of these games, it's uh, – yeah, the, the Southern California boys aren't aren't ready for that, that dry heat. 
Yeah, they, they weren't ready, but but we weren't ready uh, the next year either. We got a <laughs> it's still I still hate looking back at that game. That was I think we had a lot of guys injured from that game too. I think they had the the brew and flu going into the game. It wasn't wasn't as much fun. Not the brew and flu. Hey, they they were healthy before that week, and then they were healthy after that week. But for some reason, going uh, once they saw that film of UCLA, uh, they they didn't quite want to play that week. They had a mysterious illness yeah you know coach my hammy is kind of acting up a little <laughs> That's bit That's exactly too. right uh, I'll, I'll i'll take, take the, tri- the bike yeah I'll, I'll take the trip though i want to go out to southern california but i ain't, I ain't playing <laughs> but i just can't play it. it's yeah. gonna be game time decision coach you might want to bring me yeah <laughs> well hey hey coach we, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time man and talking some football with us we love it we love getting to do that um you know and kind of reminisce also and and, you know, football is, is a huge community, but it, it's kind of funny also how small of a community it is. Um, normally, yeah. there's somebody, you know, you know someone else. So, it's great. And then, again, like we said, we've met a lot of the guys that have been on our podcast from, uh, from Twitter. And so, uh, another really cool thing that I think that we talked about that it's helping to explode uh, offensive line play in general is uh, offensive line coaches that, they get along, man. If you're an offensive line guy, you're normally good friends with other offensive line guys, just how it works. And, and we've seen yep. a lot of offensive <laughs> line guys that are, that are more than, than happy to spread the knowledge and help everyone out. So we really appreciate you doing that. Not a problem. Thanks for giving, uh, giving everyone the platform to do so. It's really, uh, really incredible what you guys are doing. Really appreciate being on. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. I want to again thank our sponsors, Powerlift, Sky Coach, and Team Attack Academy. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon. <laughs>